welcome to Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. Whether you're chasing bugles over the next ridge, sitting a stand out east, this is about passion, pursuing our dreams of field, our lifestyle, the betterment of self and community, the enlightenment that comes from those moments spent in God's creation. Through these conversations, I hope you find insight, inspiration, education, and motivation to push beyond your limits. All right. Where are we? I don't even know where we're at. I'm smoked. Western Hunt Fest. Bailey, American Bowman, sitting down with the uh, Catamount Boys. I want to talk about the name too, right? Because there's there's very few people that know what that is, right? And when I saw it, I think he called me and I looked and I'm like, that's dope. <laughs> that is dope. So why don't we go through intros and then we'll just talk, man. We'll shoot the shit. I want to talk about the product, kind of spotlight it, man. It looks amazing. Um, so yeah, let's shoot, man. Frank, why don't you fire off, brother? Yeah, sounds good. Um, I'm Frank Peralta. Uh, I joined up on, with Mark last late last year, probably in August or September with Catamount Outdoor Gear. This has kind of been his brainchild and baby that he started a few years ago. You already got me with one of those. Yeah. A, an opening, and uh, you know, he reached out and we kind of decided to look at redesigning what he had already designed on his Gen 1 and kind of took off from there. But um, yeah, the company name was already in place at that point, so I can't really give take credit. But I, I love the, the logo, I love the, uh, the mindset that, that Mark has, and he just, you know, he just wants to make cool stuff that's that he sees. Um, there's a gap in the, in the market for it. You know, we have similar uh, likes as far as gear goes. And it's been awesome. It's a good deal. Go ahead, buddy. Yes, sir. I'm Mark Johnson. And like Frank said, I started this thing. It's been three years now. Uh, I started it right when COVID stuff was kind of getting rolling. So I bought myself a sewing machine and just started messing around with stuff. Made some prototypes and here we are. So Mark and I have a little bit of history. Um, you were on, I don't think it was, it, it was, you must have been working on Catamount when we recorded. It was like very, very pretty close, yeah. right? Yeah, that was, that was with uh, the whole Infinite Outdoors yeah. crew. What happened, do you, is that still, yep. is that still rolling, huh? Yep, I just ran out of time. I didn't have time to do both. So I've got multiple day jobs and then and Catamount. So. Right. I can only juggle those things for so long. And a big family. And a big family. Yeah. Four daughters and yeah. a wife. So, yeah, a lot going on. Yeah, so. you spin too many plates, man. Something's going to fall and break, right? I mean, it, it becomes exhausting. As, as passionate as we are about our endeavors and pursuits, you know, in the industry and just on the mountain, it's like sometimes I'm like, what am I doing to myself? But it's worth it, right? It's so much fun. Especially, I think the gear realm of it, too, right, is you, you, you believe in what you're doing. Like Frank said, you find a hole in something or you know what you feel is like a weak point and then you chase that for improvement for everybody around us man there's nothing i don't know if there's anything more rewarding than something like that sure yeah it's very rewarding like just brainstorming together and having ideas and then actually seeing a physical product come to to market that's it's very exciting and it's uh, i don't know it's it's very um i don't even know what the word would be yeah. for it, but it's, uh, it's rewarding yeah it's, uh, it's, 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 yeah, it, it's a grind for sure, you know, like none of this stuff is, 
an overnight thing. You look at something and it's like, oh, it'd be easy to improve this mm-hmm. or that. Or I don't know how many prototypes we have sitting in my basement that are you know, never going to see the light of day. I mean, the, the hard part with something like that is, right, is iteration after iteration after iteration. So every time you do one, you're going to question what's the next improvement, right? So at what point, and that's probably helped bringing Frank in, right? Because if you're if you're working on something for two or three years and you got five, six, seven iterations, it's, it's like, hey, I need somebody to tell me, like, whoa, whoa, just sure. pulling the reins, slap me in the back of the head and like, this shit is great, right? Did you guys, is that the dynamic that you guys are working through? Because it's hard to bring somebody in on your brain child right and say hey i trust you enough to bring you in on this you know let's roll yeah yeah i mean i had the gen one and like i i loved that thing but at the end of the day it, it only matters so much what i like mm-hmm. a lot of people didn't like that original lid uh so yeah it, as soon as frank had some time uh I mean, yeah, I've followed Frank for a long time and seen his experience. So it's like, yeah, it, the more input we have, like, like we kind of consistently say that nothing's ever finished. Right. Uh, that's the saying that you said? That everything's, everything's a prototype. Yeah, everything's a prototype. Everything's a prototype. So, that's right, right until you get the until you get the feedback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even here, we've had, had people say, oh, this would be cool, that would be cool. So we're logging all of that stuff. And yeah. we're not, like, too too proud to say, like, this is the best that it's ever going to be. Right. We want the feedback, and we appreciate the feedback. We want, we want to make something that is the best, but it may take a few iterations, mm-hmm. but we, we love what we have now, and def- there may be room for improvement, we'll look at that for sure, but um, we're not going to be too proud to take feedback from people, because that's how you improve. Heck yeah. And to me, as a, as a consumer, that's important to me, right, is if I know that the, that the owners of a company are listening to my input, right, that's huge. That that'll buy me more than you know something that's been run for 10 years and got 50 iterations like man these guys listen to that and it could be one small tweak that one person said that makes sense to that product right and it's like that's money man I think that's a smart approach business wise yeah we we keep track of I I get uh, messages on the website from people that ask questions and uh, or have feedback on different things or reviews and all that stuff and I keep track of all of that stuff in a massive spreadsheet so if something keeps Heck emerging yeah. over and over and over, there it even is. if it's something that we don't really think needs to be changed, I mean, the market will speak for itself. Yes, sir. So it's constantly evolving, I think, is just the best practice. Yeah. So rewind a little bit. So how did, how did Catamount come to be in terms of the name? I've just always had a fascination with mountain lions. I just, I love them. People, look, right now people are like, oh, that's what the hell yeah. Catamount is? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. We, we were talking earlier about the logo, and like a lot of people, if, if you've got kind of an artsy brain, mm-hmm. you look at the logo, you see the cat face in it right away. And then if you have more of an engineer brain, and there's overlap, of course, mm-hmm. but if you've got more of an engineer brain, a lot of people are just like, oh, it's like a pile of rocks or like a mountain or something. Yeah. Like they just don't see it right that's away. That's a trip. But, that's that yeah, deconstructed I brain. I've just thought that was a cool name and just roll with it uh, yeah I just, yeah i love mountain lions and i think that's a badass name so, so for the people listening a mountain lion is a catamount <laughs> the mountain yeah yeah it's amazing so walk us through man walk us through the bino harness and and you know what what sets it apart in in you know you guys's head and i mean that's a hell of a realm to jump into right i mean you go you go and pull out every bino harness on the market it's like that's saturated right i mean that's the first thought right is this a fool's endeavor to jump into something so saturated yeah well we uh 
I liked Mark's mindset of keeping it USA made. I think that was a huge thing for both of us. We wanted to make a quality product and keep it here in the U.S. and support the local economy as well as our nation. Of course, we wanted something that uh, we could stand behind. But I think when I saw the Gen 1, it was it was awesome. We wanted to keep some features to it. Um, the full containment of the lid was huge for us. I feel like there are a lot of great harnesses on the on the market, but um, nothing that quite quite fit exactly what um, what we wanted. So the full containment of the lid that keeps all the debris and dirt out of it. We wanted it to be single-handed. The Gen 1 lid was a little bit difficult to do single-handed, so we wanted to update that. Um, but also keep everything nice and low profile and have everything have a purpose. So you know, we have these sleeve pockets on the front, which are great for uh, read calls and wind indicator and stuff. We still had a zipper pocket for important stuff like your licenses, stuff you don't want to lose. Um, but Mark can touch on it a little bit more. I mean, also just like being ultra versatile for, for customizing. So you can run it as, as plain as you want, you know, just binoculars and that's it. Um, or we've got Molly on the, the bottom, back and the sides. And all of that is purpose built, you know, none of it's there just to be there. There's different pockets and things, some of which we've, we haven't come out with yet. I mean, we've got the, the cachet pocket that goes on the bottom and the rangefinder pouch coming in the next couple weeks, but um, yeah, every everything is really just purpose built and end consumer in mind. So you can, we didn't put a bunch of pockets on here that added bulk because if you just want to run it super slick, right. super streamlined, you have the ability to do that. If, if you want to add a thousand pounds of crap to the thing, then you can do that too. You know? mm -hmm. So very modular and customizable. Right. So why, why the laser cut Molly and not what we see just about across the board in terms of Molly webbing Molly. I mean, multiple reasons, I guess. Number one, this, this fabric that we use is like a squadron fabric, so it's. I mean, 500D cordura and webbing is insanely strong. It's. I mean, that's proven. Um, but this stuff is also insanely strong, and it, it ends up being less labor, less things to go wrong, alignment-wise, stitching-wise. You know, just less failures. It's not going to rip, and it's just so. It's less stuff to snag. It's just overall, I feel like it's just a, a better system. Yeah, I mean, it gives a really low, low-profile, clean, clean look, right? Um, we found we yeah. did try initially to to add webbing, a webbing molly panel on the sides and the bottom. It just if if one stitch was diagonal or just a little bit it kind of looks kind of looks sloppy really well and then it's a pain in the in the ass right to to feed whatever that attachment is through it when it's off a little bit and we know how tight that tolerance is from you know whatever brand well, we've run over the years man that is the worst dude it's like you're already fighting that webbing with a button and it's it's bunching on you so that when when uh, i saw the gen 2 i was like damn this is going to be this is going to be nice yeah yeah the the straps that we use to attach pockets as well, they kind of self-lock. So instead of having like a snap or something like that as well, um, it's kind of important to have the laser cut because the, kind of hard to explain, but there's there's a little lip on the back side of the strap that connects mm -hmm. the two things. So there'll be an accessory, a strap, and then the vinyl pouch, three totally different things. And just weaving those through each other yeah. creates a super strong, strong bond, I guess, or attachment. Mm -hmm. that, uh, once it's in there, it's, it's locked in there. And with webbing, it's, it's a lot easier for that to pop out. So you kind of are forced to use a snap or something mechanical like right. that. Um, so yeah, 
keep it simple, stupid, you know? Kiss, man, it always works. So there's no, with that material, there's no stretch in that. I mean, that would, so looking at it right from the outside in, never getting my hands on it, I'm like, oh, maybe that'll stretch out a little bit if it's the same fabric, but no stretch in there's that no to kind of push that. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if you were hanging, you know, 100 pounds off it. Right, of course, stretch, right, within reason. For, for what it's built to right. do. I mean, yeah, the guy behind us here was carrying his kid around on the top of it all day yesterday. Oh, damn. And that's, yeah, no, no issues. And then one of the things that we hear a lot of times, and it's never really been a huge factor for me is is the strap um, going across the back. How's that? Is it single straps? I mean, that's a two inch on on the webbing. Um, I didn't even look at that. I don't think those had had straps on it. So what's on the back of that bad boy? Yeah. So it's a it's a one inch strap on the back here, and it's one solid solid piece that goes across there, and then the. The, the yoke that we call it is sort of like the, the harness portion right. is made out of a, a stretch material kind of like tweave it's called sam um and then spacer mesh yeah when when we went out jeff jeff and Ephraim got one i think he's yesterday and jeff and i went out and we got on the range and he goes damn this thing is comfortable that's so that that's the biggest thing with right one is like the the number one positive feedback i got was how you just forget you're wearing it it's that's awesome you you don't need to go down to just straight webbing for heat and that kind of stuff i mm -hmm. feel like people get in their own head about oh, things gonna be hot or uh it, it's it's really just not and until you try it i mean we can say that all day but until you try it and actually feel how comfortable it is and you'll forget you're wearing it you know one of the things you know because people can't get the visual and maybe I'll get some pictures for it but generally our webbing has our buckles and everything either we're back adjustment we're on our shoulders right and it's almost like the thought process in a bino harness didn't consider the fact that we're running a pack right and how many times have you put a harness on and you got a buckle stuck under a shoulder strap or something like that so to me that's thoughtful to have everything outside of that realm right that's not going to impede on my pack straps or anything like that if i need to come adjust it's all right in the front of me right right yeah we also the tag ends of the top uh, feed right into yeah, there feed in, into the yoke in between the sandwich of the stretch material and the spacer mesh nice so you don't have to have tag ends mm -hmm. in the face or another buckle way up there like you said right your shoulder strap to keep that thing out of your way and then what are these what are these on the side what are these tabs is that just kind of a grab tab or is that yes, for an accessory for the leash for your okay for your binos okay yeah so we generally don't run the leash but we do have it as an option because okay. a lot of people do like yep it, so. Yeah. Yeah, it also helps with the, the G-hook. Um, I mean, the G-hook, it, it's not going to slip by itself, but just that added level of friction mm -hmm. really locks that whole system in. So once you get it adjusted, it's it's just not moving. Nice. So that, that piece is removable. It's a, I forget what they call that, a sternum strap with a sidecar or something like that is the, the name for mm -hmm. it. But uh, three-bar slider, right? Three-bar slider with a... a side loop or something but yeah that can come totally off if you don't run the leashes you don't don't want to hang anything off it fully removable this will still grab everything and then we've got that same thing on the like the like waist strap rib, rib strap okay um it just doesn't have the side piece because nothing to hang from it so why'd you go with the g hooks on this so this would be the upper rear of the harness to the yoke yeah um why did you go with the g hook versus just having that so it's interchangeable. I mean, if somebody wants to put auto locks on there, you know, it's all removable. Everything can, can be put on there. But just how it rides just felt better. I mean, we, we tested multiple different options. 
And then the biggest thing was just getting the lid closed. We wanted it to be just effortless, mm -hmm. and we wanted it to be closed every single time, you know, no hang-ups. And with an auto-lock there, you know, you can see how, how yep. thick an auto-lock yep. is. By the time you have those stacked Oh, it'd drive me other, crazy, dude. You kind of got to pull the bino harness out in order to... To, to really get, get after it, it. right. I mean, it works, both work, but we just found that the G-hooks work a lot better. So have you have you gone prone with it on? Because that's a lot of, like, I've shot prone with my bino harness on, and, and I've run just about every bino harness on the market. And uh, some of them I can go prone with, and it's like, eh, not a big deal. And some, it's like, holy crap, come off my rifle, pull that son of a bitch, at least pull it off over my head, right? Because then I feel everything that we just talked about just all over me, you know? Um, and I'm one of those guys where it's like, you put a, you put a penny under my foot, I'm feeling it, right? Yeah, I think that's going to be more personal preference, whether or not you're going to like it when you're prone. The, we were talking to like the, um, the chance over here about holsters, and he was saying how he loves how high you can ride this. So mm -hmm. if, if you're prone, you're not going to necessarily be, be laying, on it. Yep. laying down exactly on it. So I think it's going to ride pretty well prone, but it you know, just depends on the person. You know, I, yeah. I don't usually like to shoot my bio harness on if I'm prone. But, mm -hmm. you know, if it, I mean, if I have the opportunity yeah. to take it off, it's coming yeah. off, right? But sometimes when you're sometimes you it, it goes, you got to go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the original features that, that made it through from Gen 1 to Gen 2 was just that it's not a stomach pack, right? It should ride high and be out of your way. So, yeah, we, we made sure to make make it so it rides as high as, as possible on your chest without being up in your chin. So where did the decision, what's, what's this material here? That's just spacer mesh. Okay, so what was the decision to fully go with the spacer mesh? It almost feels like a level of padding, and then it's pretty reinforced coming through. They're thicker than most. Yeah, like on the first on the first gen, Mark had a, a slicker fabric in there, which worked really well for getting your vinyl. It was a little bit kind of like loud, I guess. It got like crispy mm -hmm. in the cold. So okay. we wanted something that was durable, but also a lot more quiet. So, you know, we're both bow hunters and you bow hunt, I'm sure. And uh, we wanted something that you could pull your binos out and be quiet about it. So that was something that we took into consideration quite a bit. Cool. We tried a bunch of different fabrics. I mean, I don't know how many fabrics we went through, putting stuff in the freezer and, you know, rubbing binos on it, getting it wet, making sure it doesn't squeak. And That's the R&D development on a, on a small startup business, yeah. boys. That's awesome. It was nonstop, <laughs> man. So, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, we just kept circling back around to, to the space room. It seemed to be the Seemed to be the way. And then how about... Uh, Weather, how are we looking in, in waterproofness, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, unless you jump in the lake, uh, water's not getting in that thing. Nice. Like, uh, keeps dust out. I mean, you can tighten these down. So under here, there, it, when, it, when you get it, uh, I don't have one that's not set up this way, but there is a cord lock okay. inside here. And just pull that cord lock through the molly? Yep, so you okay. can tighten this lid down to your attention, whatever okay. you want. If you want it kind that's of loose, nice. or if okay. you want it really tight, if you know you're going into weather and you, dust or something, you can really tighten that thing down. And then, yeah, the, the cord lock just tucks right up in that top molly or pals cut and just disappears. So fully adjustable, um, and you can you can have it be as tight or as loose as you want. You know, if you're whitetail hunting, and you don't want any noise at all, so you can loosen that thing way up when you, when you go whitetail hunting, and then it's just barely just covering. You know, not it's not, you're sitting in a tree stand, you're not moving all over, it's not as much for containment, it's just a spot to put your binos. So, yeah. I mean, that's thoughtful, right? I don't know, I can't think of any, harnesses that offer that right and that's i mean that's a big deal some guys don't want to hear anything right that's i mean that's thoughtful 
Very thoughtful design. We used the, the bungee. Uh, originally, we were going to have it sewn in, so it was just a static uh, static piece of bungee there. Um, but the more we thought about it, the more I think it was he made like, the right decision. You know, if we got it adjustable, and then also yeah. it's elastic, so it might be five, ten years before that thing wears out, but it's elastic. It's going to wear out eventually. We can just send people a new piece of that. And they just and run they it. just run it right through there. And I will say, U.S. Bungee is, you can't beat it. I mean, until you start looking at, like, marine-grade Dacron, as which I use in my in my flies, yeah. you, can't, you can't even compare, right? I mean, you get some of those inferior import bungee. Dude, that stuff dry rots in no time. Yeah. But that's that's thoughtful, guys. I mean, just the... Just the consideration, and it's 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 easy for us to ignore our Midwest, Eastern, Southern brethren that are sitting in a stand or hunting whitetails primarily, right? Because more and more, it's funny because you know you'd see those guys if they ran binos, it would just be on an open harness, right? Because there was really no consideration into how they were hunting or what they were doing in stands and blinds, but to have something like that, man, that's I, I man, that's solid, bro, solid. Yeah, yeah, talking about the USA uh, bungee stuff, it, it definitely makes a, a world of difference. Oh, yeah. It, it makes a difference in all the materials. You know, you can get that spacer mesh for a quarter of the price that we pay for it yeah. overseas, but number one, it's just not worth it to us uh, morally. And then number two, it's just we want to build a harness that people are going to use forever. You know, it's... And then how many sizes and then what, what range of binos have you guys gone through and how's that fit with, with everything that's right on the market? We have the two sizes, a small and a medium, and that, that'll cover the gambit of most um, handheld binos that you're putting in a, that you normally would put in a chest bag. Um, some people run 15s, but we found that the people that do generally have those in their pack, they might have like a set of eights on their chest. So, um, the small is definitely going to cover a wider range than the medium, um, just because I feel like there's probably more small and compact binos. Yeah, 1042s and whatnot, right? Um, so Mark, like he runs a small, I have a medium, I have a set of EL range, so these things are, are super bulky and, and big and fit perfectly in here. Um, so we've, we have a sizing chart on the website that um, covers most of the, the popular brands and, and models and, and those um, offerings. So, but I would say the small fits most and then the medium will cover generally the rest of it. Yeah, if you measure, uh, I mean, like Frank said, we've got the, the thing on the website, but you can also just get a, a rough idea just by measuring your binos. Like, that's six and a half inches tall on the inside, mm -hmm. and the medium is roughly seven and a half, seven three quarters, somewhere right in there. And then accessory pouch on the front, so, you know, maybe maybe a phone? Uh, yeah, a phone fits in there, but it's not going to fit. It's sitting out, right. Phones are getting so huge that yeah. you almost need a freaking chest pack for just your phone. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we'll we'll have uh, the rangefinder pouch in the cache pocket coming out soon, and then we've got some ideas for for the back and the front for for phones. Solid guys. I mean, it's a really it's a really really good build. I mean, it's just so so. Walk me down the sewing thing, dude, because I did the same thing. Yeah. I was like, I want to do this. Like, we got stuck on the mountain for four days, right? Weather was crap, and uh, I was like, man, 
and, and you know, for Western Fly, it's just it's just rain gear. That's all I'm gonna do, right? I don't want to do anything else. It's from my experience. And I sat there and I was like, how do I figure this out, right? So I'd go and I'd buy one, and it's like you can get on Amazon's ten dollars. And at ten dollars, man, it was like blowing apart. And then I was, you know, I go to like REI, and it's twenty four dollars. And then every time I'd look at one, I'm like, this is garbage. It's loud. It's red. It's blue. And everything is made in China. You know what I mean? And it's just like, damn, there's nothing in our realm that is just standalone, that doesn't have a pack branding or something on it. You know what I mean? And uh, anywho, long story short, man, I sat behind that sewing machine and was banging my head off the wall for like three weeks just to get a consistent straight stitch. And then when you start talking like Sil Poly, uh, DWR coated stuff, dude, feeding that shit through a sewing machine and you got these big clumsy ass hands. <laughs> you know what? Now that you say that, that's actually how we reconnected. Yeah. I saw, I you saw, saw that. That was after. The yes, sir. Yeah. After that, I bought one. Yes, yeah. you did. Yeah, they're nice. Yeah, thank yeah, you. The, the Sil Poly thing, I, I do not know how you deal with that stuff. Cordura, you... Cordura is pretty easy, but it's but to but to set up to set yourself up and say I'm gonna learn how to sew, sure. right? Because this is what I see, yep. dude. I, I, much respect, bro. <laughs> much respect. It's definitely a, a, an acquired skill, and it's, it's something you have to work at. Like yeah. Mark, I, we've come up with some ideas, and he'll throw some stuff together. He's like, it's not that good. I'm like, dude, that looks pretty damn good for you just learning you know, how to learning stitch. Short time. Yeah. How to, how to sew the stuff together. And, um, we've worked with some very skilled sewers as well, and it's, it's, it's an art, I think. Yeah, it definitely yeah. is. You watch a good sewer, like when I go to my sewer, I, I stop doing it. Right, I stopped doing it. I got a sewer now, and I'll go in there just to check it out. And I'm I'm looking at it. And I'm like, I wish it was that easy. Cause I the way I started, man, I was like, okay, I'm gonna produce this many, and I would I would stitch them all up, and then you know feed my uh, feed my bungee, and then sit there and press logos. And dude, it was my first my first good order was 300, right? I had a month and a half to deliver 300, right, to a to one of the box subscription boxes. Dude, 10, 12 hours, easy. Like I would get home from the nine to five and I would just sit there in frustration. Like, what am I doing, right? Yeah, and then you, so the, you get your production line down, right? The, the one man production line. And then it's a matter of, it's a matter of how do I, how do I get this right? And then after production, you gotta sit there and package. And I'm like, packaging's a bitch. It, it's a nightmare. But you guys, uh, I think if I remember correctly, you guys have nice boxes. And I mean, it's like the whole presentation, right? Which is important and it's overlooked in the whole thing, huh? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. We're definitely detail-oriented people, and we're not going to half-ass anything. Hell so, yeah. Yeah, when you get it, we want it to be a nice presentation straight out of the box and pretty much be ready to roll. We, Frank made a short video of you know, the, the couple steps that it takes to get it from box to field mm -hmm. and just kind of the adjustment of the, the bungee and attaching the yoke to the back of the pack. Um, but for the most part, it's, it's ready to roll when it when it gets to you. Yeah, so. and since we're such a small company right now, it, it's kind of a first impression. Of yes. Our product line to people, so we want them to be 
impressed with the quality of the presentation, everything. It's kind of an experience for them. And mm -hmm. It is their first uh, their first glance at, at the company, so if it's something sloppy or something like that, then that's what they're going to think. About first impressions are everything, right? I mean, that's, again, guys, I mean, it's looking at the design and everything. Everything is thoughtful, right? And then that's part of it. And there's, there's you know, the man right here has some experience in that realm, so boy, you, you know what I mean? That's, uh, that's some good backing. I think Catamount's going to kill it. I mean, it's so super we're nice. excited for the future. It's yeah. definitely been a, a rough couple of months just kind of getting the production stuff down, like you were saying, right. getting that process down. But now I think we're, we're in good shape, so we're excited for the future. How far ahead have you sourced material? I mean, right. we're like, I mean, we, we can get material Good. quickly. Right, quickly. okay. Within a couple days, we can get all the material. Good. Um, yeah, orders-wise, we're, we're just we're making batches kind of as stuff comes in. Yeah. We don't want to get too far into the woods. Um, like we said earlier, I mean, nothing's ever finished. So if, if we get a bunch of these these out and we start hearing people saying, oh, this would be cool, that would be cool, we're not married to that as, as you're holding it there. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if something... There needs to be a minor change. We'll make the minor change. So, okay. yeah, we, we're kind of riding that line of small business. Don't want to buy, you know, ten thousand of these things, and then it's like, oh, well, we would like to make this. Add a piece of whatever here. And then you're stuck with it. So yeah, we're we're real cautious about uh, being diligent with our spending. Right. And making sure that we're not See, oversourcing. Well, that's and that's the only way to make a small business really work, right? And then you guys are taking that consumer consideration. So where can folks find Catamount? Uh, if they want to talk to you about it, how how accessible are you guys for that, et cetera, et cetera? We are very accessible. So uh, we have an Instagram page, Canamount OG is the page. Um, you can hit us up on our personal pages on Instagram. Mine is tort underscore life. Uh, Mark's is hunt it all. Hunt it all, 303. And you can chat with us on the website. Mark has a direct connection to that. So, you know, if you ever have a question, yeah, send me a direct message or send Mark a direct message and we'll get right back to you. We're, we're very available and we want to answer all the questions that you have. Heck yeah. All right, boys, I appreciate the time. Yeah, thank you greatly. Best of luck to both of you in your endeavor here. Um, yeah, I hope to see uh, hope to see a future product line that uh, I'm sure it's going to come when this gets sussed out, right? right? Yeah, good deal. Thanks, man.